Welcome to Master Mindset. Reframe your thinking, master your mindset with Nate Skula and Kim Adele. We are joined by Brian Kramer today, which is fantastic. And Brian is a renowned business strategist. He's a global keynote speaker. There's so much amazing things that he's done in his career. He's, he's written uh, two best-selling books, I believe. And you're also a coach. And you're a Forbes contributor as well, right? That is right, yeah. I know there's masses, masses more. I could really spend like a long time reading this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but you you run a community of uh, coaches and consultants that uh, that we're both in as well. And um, yeah, it's great to have you with us, Brian, to talk about self leadership. And um, yeah, it's it's such an important topic, really, isn't it? And you know, especially even more now than it was and it has has been, you know, in the past, really, especially with this with the situation in the world right now. It's um, pretty crazy, really. Yeah, what a, what an interesting time that we're in. And uh, thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm really, really uh, happy to be here. Thank you. We appreciate you joining us. Yeah, we do. It's always a delight to chat with you, Brian. It's always so insightful. So we're proper excited to be spending some more time with you. Yeah, oh, this will be a lot of fun. Yeah, so Brian, when it comes to self-leadership, right, it's... This is something that we all need to take responsibility for, right? It's not, you, you don't, like, I mean, if you're working in a job, like your, your boss doesn't take responsibility for, for you leading yourself, yeah? Like, so what's your view on, on self-leadership in that context? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear what you guys think too. I think, um, you know, when we're, uh, we're always in self-permission, when when we're out in the world to do what we we need to do to as we show up in the world and uh we're constantly learning as well and um you know i think we need to be kind to ourselves first and foremost when we're out in the world or wherever we're at right now i think most of us are still entering back into whatever the new normal is and still trying to figure out what that is. So um, self-leadership is staying present right now for me and I'm starting to understand what, you know, what's going on uh, around us and being kind both to ourselves and to others. Uh, you know, it, it, as we're talking to others and asking, where are you at uh, right now? you know, when we're being present with each other and saying, uh, you know, taking a little bit of time and, and uh, asking where are they at? Um, I, I don't think that we all together know where that is right now because there's so much going on, um, uh, you know, with, with each other individually. Um, Self-leadership is, is, is asking those questions and, and asking, Asking questions, and then I think a, a, another piece of it is um, is then staying staying in the moment and listening, um, and and being present in where that person is. So that could be uh, that could be like 
a listening that's farther out than what what you're used to because we don't get to be physically present with somebody. Um, and you know, there's different levels of listening. Uh, if you're, you guys are probably familiar with it, but I'll say it just for whoever's watching, watching that, you know, there's, there's depending upon what you study. Um, I've, I've, I've always studied the three levels of listening. The first level is not really listening. You're just kind of listening and you're paying attention to what you're going to say next when somebody else is talking. And the second level is paying attention to what the person is saying. And you are listening, but you're list, you're thinking about also what's the next thing that I can say that will make sense. And then you're still not truly listening. And then the third level is when you're fully listening and you don't care what you're going to say next. You're just listening and you're locked in on what they're going to say. To me, that's the answer is, is if, if to, to answer your question, Matt, if, if we were all in level three, that would be self-leadership. Now we can't all be in level three and listening because nobody would be talking. Um, so that would suck. Um, that would be a quiet world and we would all be monks, I guess. Um, so somebody has got to ask questions and somebody has to talk. Um, but at the same time, I think that if we can take turns talking and listening and being with each other, um, and asking powerful questions, then I think we'd be in a, a, a really, really cool place. And so that, that would be my answer to that. I love that. You're so right, because I often talk about the fact people listen to interject, not listen to understand. And I think some of that is because we we get a bit scared of the silence. You know, the minute you finish talking, there's going to be some silence if I haven't thought about what I'm going to say. But actually, once you get comfortable with that silence and you go, well, well, that's OK. The conversation's not going to as long as it's not an awkward five minutes while I work out what to say. If you have like a few seconds, you're going to know I was really listening to you rather than just thinking, well, I've had this point I want to make for the last 10 minutes and I wanted to like leap it in there. So you're right, it's being really present. And I love the whole piece that you've just said about kind of that um, self-leadership being, we are, we're, you know, my Nana always used to say that every day is a school day and she's right, we're learning every day. And learning can take it out of us, can't it? So being, being kind to ourselves to enable us to continue to be kind to others it took me a long time to realize that, that being kind to myself wasn't selfish. Um, and it was something that actually, if I if I did it, as long as I wasn't being kind to myself at the expense of somebody else, and forgive me, my puppy dog has decided he wants to come and chew the laptop, um, is, um, is actually by being kind to myself, I enabled myself to be fit and well, to continue to be kind to other people, to continue to lead them. So I think it's, it's finding that, that time to ask ourselves the same powerful questions that we ask other people. Because we often don't think to do that, do we? We ask of other people how they are, what they need, but do we ask ourselves, how are you doing? How, what is it you need? Have you got everything that you need to be set up for success today to enable you to be the most impactful that you can be wherever you're showing up? 
Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been sort of studying studying this with Kim for for the last for the last year really, in, quite in, in detail. And people people want to be understood. They want to be listened to. And Kim, what's the other bit? And they want to be respected. Exactly. So I think at our base, you know, if we can be listening to people to understand them and being respectful of them, it doesn't mean to say we never disagree, but we don't disrespect. And I think if we can get ourselves in, in that space, then we stand a chance to make a real positive impact in the world because we're all of us are just doing our best to get through life aren't we? as best we can. Yeah. I think being being kind to ourselves is definitely like a, it's a it's a fundamental. But, you know, I see a lot of these posts over the last few years. We've all seen them, you know, like I get up at 5 a.m. and like I train for two hours and, I, and then I work for like 10 hours. And, you know, and people people almost have been kind of wearing this kind of overworking badge on their on their arms. Right. And from from where I'm sitting, I've kind of. I've kind of just looked at what I was doing on a daily basis. And I realized that actually a lot of the work that I was doing didn't really need to be done. So I kind of just turned everything on its head and said, well, actually, I don't need to work that many hours. What I need to do is chunk my work and put it into blocks. So then I can actually basically just just, you know, deliver what needs to be delivered without without wasting time, because I think that's like the biggest the biggest thing F from a personal standpoint. Anyway, Brian, I think balance is 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 crucial. And I agree with both of you guys, you know, about being kind to ourselves as well. You know, there's a lot of different ways that this um, this can go, um, because I think you know, when you start to look at uh, self-leadership, um, it it forces you to slow down um, because that's the only way that you can, um, you know, take an intro, introspective view of yourself. Um, otherwise, uh, you, you know, you 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 can't really. Um, you know, see what it is that, you know, is driving your impact on the world. Um, and that's the, that for me is the main question is what is the impact that you want on the world? Um, and that's, that's what, what, what Courtney and I are up to in the world is, is helping people with their impact. Um, and, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are, and it really is when you can file it down to what is the impact uh, and can you say what your impact is? And, and if you don't know what that is, time to get working on that. Um, not And, and I, I kind of push back on the core statement of what's your why? Because um, why, why becomes aloof um, and it becomes sometimes a little bit um, unachievable. But when you start to look at your impact, it's it's almost um, it's a little more um, uh, ins, ins, inspirational and a little more achievable, and it it um, helps you to see a clear way through or a path for what you can do, um, and it, it makes you aware of how you can have a piece of uh, and or that you can you can see something. So, for instance, my impact and a statement and I haven't changed it for years 
is um, I believe that being human is your competitive advantage. And I believe that being human is everyone's competitive advantage. And it's funny because everyone's um, that, or sorry, that statement has changed in nature throughout the years, but it's stayed true throughout the years. The reason being it started about social media, but then it changed because of artificial intelligence um, and automation and bots and, and everything around us. Um, social media was, was because we could all have human to human conversations in the world. And, and no, no longer companies had, um, you know, the ability to have one-way communication because social media allowed us to have conversation back and forth. And now um, that's table stakes. We can all have conversations. We get that. Now it's like, how do you stand out in the world um, with automation, right? Well, be human. Just be human. Like, that's like, duh, Send someone a thank you note in the mail because no one else does it. Like who would send you a handwritten thank you note these days, you know? Um, and actually like the old way of being human is back again. I love it. I can't, I can't wait to like reach out and actually use a phone and call someone and do the, the old human ways of the things that people are like forgetting that we all used to actually you take for granted. Um, so again, being human is your competitive advantage has changed in the nature of what it used, used to like, or what I first said, but, but it has stood the test of time. And so if we can all come up with what our impact, what your impact is, um, man, can you imagine leaning into that for yourself? Um, so I'm just going to leave that there and see how that, that lands for you. I think it's it's part of a big conversation around purpose, really, isn't it? I mean, like it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of for me, purpose is to help people to overcome their roadblocks in life so they can create the lives that they want, right? And it took years for me to actually to actually come up with that. But if you break that down, it's actually to really inspire people. Like I just want people to to perhaps listen to something that I put out there or we put out there as a business and perhaps for them to just, to just take action and do something. Right. Cause I think there are so many of these people out there who, you know, not mentioning any names, but they, they just want to sell course after course after course. They don't actually care if you, if you, if you do the course and if you actually take action. Right. And this is what I dislike about self-development. I dislike that because it's like, Oh, well, don't worry. You can come back to my course next week and you'll be okay. Or you can, you can listen to this video and you'll be okay. It doesn't, it doesn't actually do anything about the real problem that people have, which is actually in a lot of cases, it's just not taking action. It's not taking the actions that are going to move you forwards to, to where you need to head. It doesn't mean your purpose has to miraculously appear like, you don't just wake up one morning. Most people don't. Their, their purpose that month or that year may be just to like look after an aging relative or, or, you know, do something like that. That's not a bad thing. Right. But it's this is like a, this is this conversation itself could just go on for like a couple hours. Right. Because it's but but in its essence, 
we are responsible and this is this is what i kind of missed for so many years i didn't really take responsibility for where i was in life and i think that until you truly take responsibility you don't turn around and go well it's the government and it's my parents and it's my education and it's where i was born and it's you you if you if you think like that then you're never going to have self leadership because it's always somebody else who's kind of landed you in a in a in a spot right like you're in a you 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 are where you are because someone else put you there it's like most of the time that's not the case it's actually you are where you are based on your previous decisions that you that you have made all right in the beginning yes you 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 may have had a much more difficult upbringing than other people yeah and for some that has actually catapulted them in, in, i mean if you've seen the guy with who's called no arms no legs no worries have you seen him on uh, like it's unbelievable there's this guy absolutely devout christian absolutely incredible and he literally goes to schools and he talks in front of kids and he has got a flipper that's all he has is a little a little flipper on one foot right and and <coughs> excuse me and he and he just and he talks to people about bullying and he teaches the kids to be nice to each other and and it's like can you imagine like the struggles that that he's been through yeah so i think for for me self leadership is saying do you know what let's leave the oh poor me syndrome at the door and let's take full responsibility for where we've ended up and then let's aim in the right direction and have a vision for where we want to go and that's that's my chunk of download <laughs> for today <laughs> you think kim sorry i'm being attacked by by 11 week old puppy who's decided now's a good time to play um which is not helpful um i think i think for me i think you i love what both of you were saying and um brian you're right i think it is when we think about our impact, you know, I often talk to people about the fact that we're all leaving a legacy, whether we own it or we don't, we're leaving one in every moment. We're leaving somebody with a lasting impression of us and what we did. So what I now try and do is think about what is the legacy I'm leaving in this moment, in this in this day, in this week? And is it one I'm going to be proud of? So is it one where it actually left things better than I found them, where it added hopefully some value? for whoever you were in contact with on that day because that allows it to be um much more achievable and i love the whole piece around being human you know i often talk about how how do we get leaders to lead with more humanity and kindness because that doesn't mean to say you're not courageous it doesn't mean to say you're not commercially astute or viable but you can do all of those things and still remind yourself that you're leading humans and you are a human yourself so it should hopefully be relatively easy for you to put the two together and go well how you know how do i connect with the people um and understand what's important to them in their life and share with them what's important to me in my life because that's how we do connect as human beings isn't it is we find commonality and um that creates the relationships that we maintain. Mhm. Yeah, you know, there so that's the question, right? How do we do more of that? And you can't scale it. Well, they think they think they th they say that, right? 
but like so what's your view then on on uh the relationships with like these new robots have you heard about these the like virtual influencers yeah like self-leadership is being removed from from the equation yeah in in that in that space like it it's um do you think there's like a pushback against this because people actually like they don't want that kind of thing in in the world or i know it's not on topic really but um that they let me see if i understand this right that people don't want um don't want uh more bots and more automation um because it's not more human yeah um when you say people, who do you who are you saying that about? Uh, customers, I would say, business customer. Well, any customer, yeah. Any it's interesting. Um, they say it and they don't mean it. I think. I I don't think they mean it because I think I think a lot of I'm speaking on their behalf without them being here and being represented. So um, this is all like me speaking on their behalf, which kind of is not good because they they should have a voice in the, in what I'm saying. Um, but, um, but I actually think that most of us do like to be anonymous and not have a human on the other end. Some, most of the time, because I just don't want to talk to somebody a lot. I just want to get that thing and get out. I don't like going shopping, to be honest with you. I don't like getting clothes from someone and having to try on the clothes. And that's me. Not everyone's like that. Um, I, I like, I like getting it from Amazon and having it delivered and trying it on and not having to talk to someone where I don't like it is when I want my thing fixed and the customer service is horrible and I can't get my, can't get what I want fast. And the customer service bot is not understanding me or um, that, or I'm not getting what I want fast enough. And so it's the frustration points. I think that we don't want automation. Um, and so that, that I think is where it's at. The, the other thing too is, um, is, is I don't think that um, surprise and delight moments yet can be done. And I say yet um, can be done. Oh, puppy. I don't think they can be done yet by, um, by, bots. And what I mean by that is if you were to walk over to a whiteboard and you were to map out your entire like customer journey and say, this is how every single one of our customers interacts with us from beginning to end, but from the day they met us to the day that they're to today um, and, and, and look at everything. I don't think that, um, that a bot could go in there and design like a really neat moment where they just completely surprised, like with a human touch moment, like a really like, you know, surprise them with a pizza out of the, out of the random kindness of their hearts in a random, like the, what the heck did they do? Oh my God, where did that come from? A bot wouldn't know what to do with that. Like, and that, and, and I don't think companies do that, um, which is, Tip number one, surprise your customer. Um, but, uh, you know, that kind of stuff is just not um, not what is on the agenda and, and bots couldn't do that. So um, that's where I think the, the value is. Hmm. So so in, in terms of self-leadership, right, 
we we need to we need to take care of our emotions yeah and we need to we need to be able to manage our emotions and kim's amazing at this like she can she can separate her facts from emotions like like very very well i i like a lot of people i can't i can't do that as well right and it it, it amazes me how you know like for example purchasing decisions like is it 90% of purchasing is emotional and then we justify it with our with our um our brain right a, a rational brain so so with the self leadership like have you got any tips for people Brian on 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 how to manage themselves in in that in that way yeah uh, how long do you have? <laughs> um, I uh, I'll just give you a few. Um, I and I'd love to hear from you guys. I I um, well, I mean, the core of HCH is how I manage that. Um, one is I would I would most definitely uh, stay with the, the, um, the core, the core elements of, of HDH is simplicity, empathy, and imperfection. And, uh, those are the tenants that I would use to manage self-leadership as well. Um, self-leadership in simplicity, self-leadership in empathy and self-leadership in imperfection all have merit in individually and together. Um, when you combine them, they can be so powerful um, and, and rare, um, both as an individual and as a brand. So simplicity, think of a, think of a, um, think of a, a leader that you can, you even just can like conjure up in your mind and think of how simplistic their, his, his or her message is um, or how leadership, how their leadership comes through and how simple they are in their message and, and their being and their presence and their, 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 how they present themselves. And you just know that at their core, they're just a very strong um, tree. They're solid. And, and, that, and you just know it, right? I, I, think, um, I think Tim Cook is that way. I don't know why. I, he just stands out to me that way. A very strong being um, at Apple. Um, and, and, and his self-leadership strikes me as that way because of that. Um, just to use an example, uh, if you looked at, um, empathy and, and, and how to guide your, your empathetic leadership and, and looking at that through the eyes of, um, of how, um, and, and think of an empathetic leader, um, who, who gives back, uh, you know, there are so many companies that, that give back, especially through the pandemic that the first thing that they thought of was their employees and how they were going to treat their employees and make sure they were comfortable and at home and that everybody who had kids was going to, um, make sure that it was a family first situation. Um, man, that's an empathetic leader right there. Uh, and, um, wow, you know, I just can't, I can't even like, there are so many leaders. I'm, I'm actually having a hard time coming up with just one, but, um, 
uh, I would say, um, who are you guys coming up with? I'd, I'd come up with Kim. Kim. <laughs> oh, I'm pointing that way. That That's the way. There you go. Yeah, we'll use Kim. She's, she's a great leader, yeah. Empathetic yeah. leader, yeah. Yeah. So there then, are there are so many examples there, aren't they, Brian? You're so right yeah. in the in the um pandemic of people that really thought about the people. I, I think you know what one for me who springs to mind is um Jacinta Ahern. She really thought about the people in her country and how she could empathize with them and, and create you know amongst the many there were so many to go for but i guess marie's of picking her is she was picking an entire country that she was trying to lead so taking into account all of the various challenges that that brings you know you've you've got all ages all ethnicities all cultures or uh, all the challenges of all of those people's individual stories and trying to be empathetic but still lead them through to still show them a path through and, and give them hope because i think that you know, the only thing stronger than fear is hope isn't it and in times of challenge what we often are looking for from our leader is is somebody to give us that hope that it's okay <laughs> so come this way and we'll we'll go through it together even if we've not been through it before there yeah Oh man, that's a great example. I love that. Yeah. And then um, the last one is um, imperfection. And yeah, and, I like that. And here's the thing, like um, you're, we're all so busy trying to uh, go, go after perfection. What I, I'm always trying to flip it on its side and say, what if we actually embraced imperfection? Um, you know, this comes from a funny story that 20 plus years ago, my then girlfriend, now wife, um, Courtney, and I were seeing um, this movie called Meet the Parents. And uh, and the main character in that movie is called Gaylord Fokker, F-O-C-K-E. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> I love that film. And... Uh, I wasn't laughing a whole heck of a lot during that film. And we walked out and she said, how could you not laugh at that movie? And I'm like, cause that that's, that's my life. And she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. Oh man, that really hit home for me. I like light stuff on fire and I'm always like doing all that kind of stuff. And she's like, oh man, you need to embrace your inner Fokker moments. And um, that's the only way we're going to get married is if you can embrace imperfection. And it always stuck with me. And obviously we, we got married and I embraced my inner Fokker. Like there's no tomorrow. And, um, and I even give a, uh, like, I give a keynote now on that um, embracing your inner Fokker. So um, I just love that on, in how we can embrace our imperfection and thinking about how that can really like, enhance a company where and a person and your inner leader how you how you can take that and run with it and potentially uh this becomes the thing that we love most about people when they actually embrace their imperfection right like who do you love the most when they actually are leaning into their imperfection oh, great question i um i'm trying to think of one that i came across you know i love a quote uh, and I came across one about 18 months ago, which um, 
is we are all perfectly imperfect. So actually your perfection is your, your imperfection is your perfection. Because if we all embrace yes. it, where would we, where would we go? Yes, <laughs> you're so nailed it just now. Up, which yes. is that, you know, we are, we are perfectly imperfect. And once you recognize that and you, and therefore you go, well, actually my perfection is the fact that I'm owning my imperfection. Oh, um, yeah. Because all of us have got one. And we've all got a something we hope nobody finds out. Right. And once we once we embrace that, we go and we share it with people. One of one of the um, things I often do when I'm going into organisations is I share some of my vulnerability because in share, as long as you share vulnerability without losing credibility, you create a safe space for other people to embrace theirs and say, "Yeah, do you know what? It is, it is okay. We are all perfectly." imperfect and we can help each other because the bit i'm imperfect at i can meet somebody who <laughs> is perfect at it and together yeah. we become stronger so we become like the pieces of a jigsaw puzzle and then we really are stronger together aren't we so i think it's a i, I love I, I love the embrace you're in a uh, you're in a focus that's uh, epic um and it's so it's so true isn't it when you see people doing that being there the genuine authentic self right that's inspiring because we've all been there for years desperately hoping nobody finds out the thing we don't want them to know that is us not at our best which is us not being the image that we were trying to create externally and i think particularly now we live in a compare and despair world and we look at people's social media and, and their seemingly perfect lives so we look at our own messy reality and find ourselves lacking but the truth is you know you, we don't post the no makeup selfie when we've been up all night with the children or we don't post when we burnt the dinner because we because we got um got way late doing something else or we panic about things like tonight where i've got an 11 week old puppy who will not <laughs> sit down and it's either deal with it or, or, or don't but actually since learning to embrace the fact that you know what everyone else has probably got something imperfect going on in their world and they probably don't mind if I've got something imperfect in mind. Life becomes so much more fun, doesn't it? Yeah, totally. I think it's brilliant. I think that's something that actually that actually the pandemic has really helped with because pre-pandemic, everyone was obsessed with internet speeds. They're obsessed with, you know, the perfect picture, the perfect framing. And, you know, you can't have a drink while you're, while you're talking and, you you know, and they were absolutely obsessed with that. And and I, I was obsessed with that. I was like, well, look at look at that production quality. I need to be that good. But now I'm just like, actually, it's about consistent improvement, right? Like this is this is just massive. Like in our in our business, like it's like yesterday. It's funny you should say this, but like I sent the newsletter out, right, on a Sunday, and it was and I forgot to change it from week from number 13 to number 14, yeah. And I, and and but I changed the content, but it was just the headline, right? And uh, and I was like, Kim, <sighs> I sent the newsletter out, and it was, uh, and we just looked at each other and went, oh well, because we're human, right? And and people make mistakes. Like we're not we're not programmed. Like we're not programmed to be perfect. And perfectionists very rarely get things done. Like they very rarely complete anything because they're too scared to actually put it out there and 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 do it right because they're like but it's not perfect 
well, I can't do it. It's not, it's, I'm not good enough for that. And like this picture wasn't good enough. I can't release it. So they never, they're never actually embracing imperfection, which I think is, is super, Brian. Super. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love that because I think, I think equally, if people are present, and, and Brian, you said that at the start, you know, when we're really present, if we're really present, we're not looking at people's lighting or their background images. We're looking at the person. We're listening to them because actually so much of what we what we say isn't just the words and the tone, but it's the, everything else that goes on around it, isn't it? It's the, um, the body language, the uh, facial expressions. It's, it's that whole piece. So... I'm horrendous, but you know, I know you're supposed to look at the camera and I never do because I look at the person talking. Oh. So it's like if I'm looking here, it's because that's where you are on my screen, Brian, when you're talking. Yeah, right. I'm over here because that's where I'm bad Matt at that. is on the screen. And and it's like, <laughs> do you know what? I, I don't mind because I'd rather look at you because I'm talking to you. I'm not, that's you know, that's who I'm listening to. And, and yeah. um I, I think I beat myself up about it for ages and then went, but I can't listen very well if I can't see them because <laughs> I miss too many of the nuances of what they're saying because yeah. i'm not really being present with them right yeah there's this tool that you can actually get that actually puts your camera right in the center of the screen so it looks like so you can stare at the video and you're looking at the camera at the same time um and that that's, that's kind of cool. that. <laughs> i need that because i can't i don't have the ability to look at the camera and say um and hi, how are you guys doing? It's so great to, you know, it's just so hard for me to do. Me too. <laughs> me too. And I, I did some work with uh, the host of the Golden Globes and she completely like killed me. She's like, you need, this is the framing you got to do. And because she's like a media trainer, right? And we oh, did some yeah. work together on this, on this uh, little workshop that we delivered. And, and, but I still really struggle when I've got more than one person. I can do it when, when it's Kim and I. I, I can just about do it because I because I know her that well that I can sort of gauge when to kind of speak. But then when we have guests, I find it I find it really tough. But Brian, you've been you've been so generous with your time and shared so so much fantastic information. It's uh, it's a real joy to speak with you and have some quality time, definitely. And you know I'm going to edit this and turn it into a podcast and all that kind of good stuff. So I just want to let you know that. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll mess around with the sound volume and all of these things. It perfectly imperfect, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Or just leave it as is, and that's what'll happen. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because yeah. it is, yeah, it is about em- embracing life as it is, isn't it? It's been an absolute joy, Brian. As always, I always learn so much, and I could always chat to you for hours. So, thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Master Mindset. Please don't forget to follow wherever you listen and tell your friends and tell your friends. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.